Hello and welcome to the Over the Barricade podcast. I am your host, Ryan Downing, joined as always by my tag team partner. He's live in studio for the first time in what seems like 72 months. It's the deadliest catch, Lee Brando. Has this podcast been going on for 72 months? Well, that's... Oh, the geez. answer is no. This That is... Six years. Yeah, that would be six years. So, yeah, there's no way. Um, no, I'm back. It feels nice to be back. Although I come back to Cheap Seed Studios and it looks like it's being repossessed. I mean, it's being repositioned. It's being repositioned, I guess. So It's being a, moved to a, a wonderful fancy new location in a couple of weeks we'll be broadcasting from a different (laughs) different um from a different you told me to enunciate less so that was your advice hey ryan what should i do on this podcast enunciate less just mumble more Uh, sure anyway a different undisclosed location we'll be broadcasting from in a couple of weeks but for now we're at the original cheap seat studios and uh what a week it's been it has it has been um do do we want to i'm not sure where you want to start where we really want to get started here because we could we could look at what might be the worst pay-per-view of the year, which is on point for the worst pay-per-view of the year from the uh, the mothership in Stamford. Can we not talk about it? I mean, it was, it we was have, bad, We right? have to talk about a couple of pieces at least, but maybe we could also talk about maybe the newest rumor that just hit a couple of days ago involving said mothership and that we might be in for another superstar shakeup after SummerSlam. I don't know. You know, they they did a lesser version of the draft, so maybe their thinking is do it every six months. The ratings aren't as bad as they've been, but I'm sure they could always use a ratings boost. Um, we do have SummerSlam coming up in a couple weeks, and there's a lot of extra wwe stuff going outside that is to mean outside of the wwe wow i'm just oh for two today thank you ryan (laughs) i'm on botchamania whoa um whoa yeah um there's a lot of stuff going on outside of stanford and um this could greatly affect i mean how many times in the last couple weeks even have we seen the main event for SummerSlam, the second biggest show of the year, change? Uh, originally, as we all know, it was going to be Braun Strowman one-on-one with Brock Lesnar, uh, assuming with that Brock Lesnar would have retained. Then it was going to be Brock Lesnar one-on-one with Roman Reigns. Then we got a rumor that it was going to be either one-on-one Samoa Joe and Brock Lesnar or a three-way Brock Lesnar, Roman Reigns, and Samoa Joe. And now we get what was revealed this week on Monday Night Raw by Kurt Angle to be a fatal four-way match. Now, obviously, in the fatal four-way match, there's a lot of protection for Brock Lesnar. I am 100% sure that Lesnar will 
not be taking the pin or tapping out. He may not walk out of SummerSlam as Universal Champion, and it might even be because of his recent UFC involvement, but if he loses the title, it's not going to be because he gets beat. Uh, I'm pretty sure of that. Wouldn't you uh, agree? I mean, that protects Lesnar, and it gives an out for whoever... um whoever ends up winning might look a little weaker, but it seems more realistic. That could be a really good way to get the strap on Joe, if you wanted to go that direction. That would be cool. It would be a really cool way to get the strap on Strowman, if you wanted to go for that. Yeah, I don't I don't know. You know, obviously everyone has their knee-jerk reaction of who they think WWE wants to be champion. Um, but I think the fans... Uh, would love to see Joe win the championship, and I feel like they wouldn't be upset if Strowman won the championship. They at wouldn't this point, be upset. It, at this point, any match that that Reigns is in, and we felt this in Baltimore as long at for Extreme Rules, as long as it's not Roman, people are fine. Anyone but Roman, I believe, is the slogan still. And though I think people would be happy with Strowman, I don't think. I don't feel personally, and I and I always project this onto the fans, I don't know if he's quite there yet. I think that you could put it on him now and it would work, but it's going to be much more powerful down the line. Make people want it a little bit, and it will be that much stronger when it finally happens. The only problem is how long can you have an unstoppable force before... He gets that chance one-on-one where there's no outs and you either have to put him over or beat him. And either way, you know, you're, you're kind of in a corner there if you don't feel it's his time. So, Well, I mean, the Reign storyline has lasted a lot longer than I think anybody predicted because that came out of WrestleMania and is going to run up through SummerSlam. Yeah, but there was a lot of downtime for injury and and weeks off or storyline even. No, it wouldn't have lasted this long. It would have probably ended at Great Balls Fire, I think was the original idea. Yeah, or even I think Stream Rules was the original ambulance match. Um, that is correct. And I, I don't know if that spot with the ambulance, you know, Roman backing it up into the 18-wheeler, I don't know if that how long that's been planned for. Um Certainly, it threw a wrench in everything. You know, you you got to almost continue the storyline after that. I think so. Um, I mean, I, that might have been the original plan. Maybe they would have had one last return match at Great Balls of Fire for in some crazy stipulation. like what, Or maybe Steel Cage or Hell in a Cell. Or, or because it's called Great Balls of Fire... Maybe an Inferno match. I don't think we're ever going to see one of those again. (laughs) I think the PG era has killed the Inferno match. I think at this point we need to band together the worst stipulations and make them good. You mean like the Punjabi prison? Yeah, like imagine if you set a Punjabi prison on fire. And the only way to escape the flaming first inner, inner cage is to go through the door. Otherwise you have to climb it while it's ablaze. 
correct. I think that would be cool. We are, you know, we're talking like about about this, like we're a Japanese promotion in the eighties and nineties, right? Here's my thing about the Punjabi prison match. Punjabi death match. Why is there an outer cage? Because we have to make it different than a steel cage match. The doors make it different. You know, if what you if get you more put... of them and their specific rules, but then you have to escape the the. It's it's like if you look at it, an asylum match was just a steel cage match with weapons. Yeah, I agree. But what if you put a lid on the Punjabi prison's inner cage? You took away the outer cage, and your only way out was one of those four doors. They open for one minute, and if you can't get out in that one minute, it doesn't reopen. Then you actually make the cage out of wood or bamboo. And so if you've exhausted every door, you have to break through the cage and or break a hole big enough for your body to get out of. Which, or, or be Samir Singh. Or be Samir Singh. You know, <laughs> I'm not convinced that Randy Orton couldn't have fit out that same hole. He could have. All he would have had to do was just turn. Yeah. So right there, you just nullify the whole thing. Yes, but we have to believe that this is a legitimate contest in a legitimate steel with bamboo covering. Well, if you want to believe that, then legitimately people are going to do whatever it takes to get out. I just wanted to believe that that the great Kali showed up in his match that technically he wasn't in the first one. And I got my wish. (laughs) Friend of the show, the great Kali. You know... I think it's safe to say the least successful... Oh, my God. What is happening to me? I cannot speak. Get all of this out now before you have to wrestle tomorrow. I know. I do have to wrestle. Hopefully, if I have to cut a promo, this will be... All my mulligans are going right here. Um, I think it's safe to say the Punjabi prison or Punjabi prison as you didn't Ginger put Mahal, quite enough pop on that Punjabi as uh, our friend Jinder Mahal would say um, Jinder Singh Mahal Jinder oh, what's, modern day Maharaja Mahal it's very unsuccessful uh, that stipulation in the sense of turning out enjoyable matches you know like yeah we're 0 for 3 yeah yeah and if not for if not for the great Kali and the Samir Singh table spot, complete waste of time. Yeah, it just went on and on and on, and and they nullified things that they did in the match. Like they obviously before it came on, I was like, "There's a hundred percent chance the Singh brothers are underneath the ring." You and, said that last week. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and they were surprise and. So they they block Orton or they pull Jinder out, right? And all the doors are closed. Jinder's out, and it's his time to climb. Orton climbs the inner cage and is further up the second cage when he steps over. He has to come down to get to Jinder. Lower himself to get Jinder, who's supposed to have the advantage. Like I I just don't get it. Like how does it? makes sense it doesn't and there's so many problems 
and it's not as if they wrestled an enjoyable match before trying to go for all the climb out spots. It was very dull. Um, and I don't know if they should ever bring the Punjabi prison back again. I think three times is enough. Yeah. I think it's enough. I think you've done nothing but disservice. Both wrestlers, specifically the guy you're trying to push as a legitimate champion. And, um, I mean, if if nothing else, this feud gave us the most unlikely WWE champion we've ever seen. Yeah, but... And we got a great Kali return out of it, so we are happy. We did get a great <laughs> Kali return. Uh, a lot of people saying it's going to be his only appearance, but we'll see. Maybe he'll just pop up I f- I when feel like, Jinder needs him most. I feel like... I feel like he would have, uh, he would have been on SmackDown if it was like a returning thing. Like he would have been some celebration, and he would have come out with, with Jinder and or I assumed on SmackDown Jinder was gonna thank him and have him come out and let him get the the accolades. Yeah, of, but of then the if time. you do that, you've got to build to a Kali Orton match at SummerSlam probably. You have to think that WWE thought about that. What if we did a Kali Orton match and just see how high? What's what's Orton's vertical to hit that RKO? Does he have to go to the top rope to hit it? Can Kali even take that bump? Probably not. Poor you man. Know, poor man can barely walk. Much let's take. Although he climbed up half. He well, I mean, half to him is like two rungs, yeah. but he did climb up part of the uh, the Punjabi prison to choke out Randy Orton. God, I got to tell you, when he shook the cage. And Norton did that front flip back into the cage. That was a scary spot. I watched it and I was and I saw him. I was like, "Oh, he's just gonna crotch on the top." No, no, he he like started tumbling down the inside, which he did a very nice job making it look dangerous. Yeah, because it was because he it was doing was. it one handed. And he was head first. If he would have fallen, yeah, it was it was super sketchy. And I had forgotten about that spot until you just mentioned it. But that was super dangerous. Yeah, very dangerous. Um, and it looked it. At least if you're going to do something dangerous, it looked dangerous. Yeah. But, I mean, I feel bad for Randy Orton. This has got to be his worst year in terms of pay-per-view matches. I mean... Where he hasn't been injured. Where he hasn't been injured. And, and I mean, he, go back to his WrestleMania match. That was hokey and... Remember the maggots on the ring? Yeah, and, the and they crickets? did it three times, like, with no progression. The first time, just doing it once would have been perfect, because all of you and I were sitting, and uh, well, we had to watch I, the replay. Because I was watching the boss baby. You watched baby. the boss baby. I don't know why. But you and I were sitting and watching the replay, and, like, I knew it was coming, but, like, everybody in the room when I watched it live popped. And then you popped for it the first time because it yeah. was weird, but it was unexpected. It and was it, different, and it caught it would played right into Bray Wyatt's character. And then they did it a second time. And you're like, okay, that's a little weird. And then they did it the third time, and it's like this is dead. They've managed yeah. to take something cool and kill it within ten minutes. Here's what you do: like, you do it once to be a distraction, which it was to Randy Orton. But second and third time, it's not as unexpected. He's seen it before, so. You maybe he's you know I forget exactly what spot they did it in, but may, maybe he's you know doing his viper thing where he's about to hit the RKO. Then you do it, knock it off his game, and catch him with something blind. That's a good use of it. 
But when you do it two more times with really no progression, it's just a different image. It's not like they projected down an optical illusion where Randy couldn't see where he was going or something along those lines. And, like, maybe if you're going to continuously use it, doing do it during your entrance or something along the Like, that would have been cool enough. Yeah, Randy also, if you remember, had the uh, awful entrance as well, where he the had the, snake. the viper, the snake that was supposed to walk down, like, under him, but it was really choppy because he kept having to refresh because he yeah. walked too slow. I um, mean, he walked Randy Orton speed. That's up to the graphics people who should have done a better job with that. If you're going to do the animation, do it right. Put a lot more stages in there. Just build them out. <laughs> Because it's okay if it's jumping a little little bit. When your frame rate is like five frames per second, you've done screwed up. Yeah. Um, Do we want to just quickly go over the rest of this card? I mean, there was one good match. We should point that out because we're going to be, and we have been running this pay-per-view down. There was one good match that was on the main show because I didn't watch. As much as I really like Ty Dillinger... I'm really kind of over the Aiden English feud. Get him onto something that matters. Well, Although, we must lost. point out that, yes, he Ty Dillinger ended up losing said match, so I would have been upset anyways. But I have to wear his shirt because it's the first time in, since he's come up to WWE I've seen him twice in one week. That's true. He was on SmackDown television this week in a winning you know, fashion. He's been on four of his eligible WWE programs in a row. There you go. He's on a run. Six more. Need 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 some more. Need some more. Um, regardless, we get to the opening match, which was the tag team match. New Day taking on the Usos for the WWE SmackDown Tag Team Championships in what was a really good match. Yeah. And, and these two teams have such good chemistry. And it may have been a mistake to put it on first because it was good. And the rest of the card was so bad that you... Could have used it later on, honestly. It would have been... You know, I honestly would have switched this in the Owen-Styles match. Yeah. I would have started with Owen-Styles. Or this in Zayn uh, Canellas. I wouldn't start a pay-per-view with Zayn and Canellas. Not... Because they haven't given it... They've given it time, but it doesn't feel that very important. That I, I know, think Zayn and Canellas should have and... been higher up, but it should have been earlier in the card, I mean. Not higher up, but... Yeah. It should have been lower on the card... It shouldn't have been semi-main. We know why it was semi-main, because it needed to go between Cena and Rusev and Mahal and Orton. Oh, my God. The which Cena I knew there was going to be. Match. I forgot about Zayn and uh, Kanellis, and I love both of them, and I think they're both really good wrestlers. I completely forgot about this well, match until I, their music hit. I was looking at the time, and when this match started, there was really only enough time for the punjabi prison match i think there was 40 minutes left i think it was 10 20 yeah when this match got started which you 10 know, 15 10 20 and i'm like wait a minute yeah. <laughs> you're supposed to have a specialty match you're gonna put on another ma- and then you're gonna start the punjabi prison match late and this event you know went over the time which yeah. i know is fine because they have they own the network it's but not fine it's no not i take fine. it as a personal slight because <laughs> they decided that this needed to go over i'm grateful because i watched it the next day i didn't watch this live 
I, I will be honest. Did. Game of Thrones beat this out in the priority list. I sent you a message. I said I think you, you said made the this right is call. a bad pay per view, and I and I, I and I, that was halfway through. You sent me that message, and I timed out about the time you sent it to me, and I was watching the timer on there, and I looked, and I was like, "You sent it to me during the Cena Rusev match," <laughs> because like you know that's probably either semi main or two away from the main event. Cena Rusev. Yeah, I can we just can sent we really quick just sentence. just New Day Usos that was a great match, great, it was a lot a of cool fun. spot with um, Xavier doing the coast to coast esque jump, getting super kicked, and you know finally we have the New Day uh, achieve their goal of being the world famous three time tag team champion and the first since these first team to hold SmackDown and Raw titles since these two titles were. Deservedly so. Last year, so uh, not next, not really a new accolade they've managed, but or a, a, a say a uh, seasoned or uh, established accolade, but an accolade nonetheless. And another thing here, Big E was on the outside. Mm-hmm. All of their matches with their last run, which was that record-breaking run to get Demolition off their case, uh, was. This was they were Biggie and Kofi Kingston with Woods on the outside. Mm-hmm. Woods coming in put doubt into the equation, meaning that they had a better chance to lose when Woods came in. Put doubt, but I think it was better for these it, opponents. I think Some this opponents, was a better match. Biggie would be better for. I think Xavier was the right choice for the Usos. Well, and I also think this will probably not be Kingston and Woods every time defending no. the title. I think they will use that free bird rule to great effect and they probably would be better suited doing this in such a way where you're looking for the best matchup yeah yeah and the and usos are, are quick and they are able to do the 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 probably one of the best heel tag teams that does as much high flying and like and snap moves that generally get pops yeah but they they still get a heat with it which is which is good. You know, I was watching something the other day, and I was like, wow, the Usos have been doing this as a team for, like, an incredibly long amount of time on WWE television. <laughs> like, really, like, how many tag teams last that long? Like, not even the Hardy Boys in their original run, like, lasted this long at this point. Because I, I think I was watching something in, like, two thousand. 10 or 11 there is so when i really got back into wrestling the usos were on top and it was right about the time the new day went for their second title run which was that record-breaking run mm-hmm. um and the uh it was just before that so the usos are face they're wearing the face paint they're doing Bright this colors the haka and uh all the tag teams around them there's one tag team outside of the New Day that is still around from that point in time. And the answer to that one is the Ascension. Oh, no. All the other tag teams have changed over that course of time. I'm, like, Mojo and Zack Ryder, the Hype Bros were in NXT. Um, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to run through who the tag teams are because they haven't done a great job of reminding us who they are american they, alpha just split up and yeah. they weren't even around yet they were 
just starting to gestate in NXT. I mean, this so, they've been around for a long while, and as much as much as I think it's hyperbole and putting over the guys in the ring, JBL's commentary where he says that these are the two best teams of the last decade, he's right. He is right. Because nobody else touches them. So I've got the, I mean, the uh, crack research team here at Over the Barricade podcast has brought me the debut of the Usos. They debuted on Monday Night Raw, May 24th, 2010. I was still watching that at that point so, in time. I mean, just, pretty soon it's going to be eight years that they've been doing this on WWE television continuously and they've as really, a team. And they've really only gone through like two character changes. Yeah. They debuted originally, and then at first it was just, you know, these are the Usos, these are the sons of, of they, uh, Rikishi. Well, according to this, and I think I remember this a little bit, they debuted with Tamina, mm-hmm. and they feuded with Tyson Kidd, David Hart Smith, and Natalia. Correct. Um, and that was back when Bret Hart was GM of Raw. Oh, my God. <laughs> this was so long ago now at this point. But then they transitioned, and they were baby faces, and they started wearing the face paint. Mm-hmm. They did the haka. And they did the Uso with the crowd chant. And they were that for like five years. And it, that's so under the radar. And then it became obvious that they got turned. Like, it wasn't... The fans turned on them. They just got bored with them. So well, they yeah. went through some dark points. But then they came out as heels and switched up their look, switched up their music, switched up their attitude. Cut different style promos. They did it perfectly. They Mm -hmm. that is a perfect. The transition took a little longer, I think, than everyone planned on it. But where they were a year ago to where they are now is a massive change. Yeah, and really, really, really important. I mean, they're on track to having one of the featured matches at SummerSlam if everything goes the way that SmackDown this week would have you believe. I assumed. That we were going to get the end of the Uso-New Day rivalry before SmackDown, and then the New Day would work kind of like they would have like a TV-type spot right? Uh, where they wouldn't necessarily wrestle a match. But it doesn't look likely. I have a feeling we're going to see something like a ladder match or something, something along those lines for those tag titles, and it's going to be really big. Well, you've got to do something... Uh... But you've got to also balance it, because if you do like a ladder match, then they're you pretty much got three on two because there's no rules. So Steel cage, maybe. You could do a steel cage with one person on the outside. Um, but, I mean, they just did it's a really, tag It's really easy to have a situation where they take out whoever would be the third person. Yeah. And that person has to come down hurt. You know, whether that's Big E or Xavier or whatever the case might be. And that person has to come out hurt later on at some point, but they're much less effective. That's how you can even that out. And the Usos are the perfect team to do that. Yeah, but I don't think they'll take New Day out. I mean, you got to think the two biggest shows of the year are WrestleMania and SummerSlam. And they already took them out of WrestleMania for all intents and purposes. They were just the hosts. So I don't think they would give them that again. I think that would be... I think the New Day would think that was unfair. Probably. Um, But it'll be interesting because this is actually a great match. Like, this is, you know, for the WWE right now, which lacks, well, they have good tag teams. They just just lack. Using them. Yeah, they're just not using them well. 
And they're also a situation where they're just not giving them time. Yeah, I Espe- do like especially the, on the SmackDown side. The women's division is getting two to three segments a night, which is good. I think that's appropriate. I think it fits well. Yeah. Problem is, is that they do that. The WWE doesn't seem to kind of adjust their formula, show to show. Uh, you know, make it so it's like it comes in waves. They do the same thing over and over and over again, and then they suddenly start doing something else. So it's you start the night with either the the mid the mid level or the mid card champion or the world champion. You start the night every time. That's the promo. Uh, sets up whatever the main event or the match later on is going to be. Then you do a what if it's you just did the mid card? Then you do a main event look in, and then you do. Uh, a women's segment and maybe that's a two segment bit because it's a match and later on you do another women's segment which the women deserve the time the women's division is as good as it's ever been both raw and smackdown however what it's doing is unfortunately because you're doing that every week it's overexposing one group and underexposing the rest that's the reason i think smackdown's women's division as good as they are feel really overexposed right now because there's only six women in that division yeah, it doesn't really... Excuse me, I take that back. There are seven with the addition of Lana. Yeah, and it, so you have... It's crowded, right? You've got seven women. You've got one champion. You've got one money in the bank. Two of them are aligned as an, as allies. So you really only got three other variables, and how much can you cycle through that before it gets stale? Um, but what you said, it's true. The WWE has a formula, and unfortunately... And this is slightly true in all wrestling because every match on a show is not supposed to be the best match. Obviously, there's supposed to be peaks and valleys. But especially in the WWE, they go really low with the valleys. So, you know, it always used to be the joke, oh, the the divas back when they were divas are, are wrestling. Must be must be the, you know, bathroom break match. The or pop, the, the go get your con- concessions. Go get your nachos or whatever. Yeah. Um, but they've all they've done is shift that sometimes sometimes it's still the women's match but now it'll be the cruiserweight match or the tag team match or you know even the sometimes the US title or the intercontinental title match or it'll be something that a match that just doesn't have any title or any you know or just stakes a throwaway it match. just feel it's a match that is just a it's a good build but now unfortunately this kind of goes back to our original point you and I talked a lot over the last year since the draft happened last year about the what kind of things they could do right and things they could do wrong. What we kind of disliked at the same time was every show, both shows have the same number of champions. Yeah. Well, hang on. Raw also technically has the cruiserweights, um, which just you, the way you have to kind of think about it, though, is by doing that, by not maybe maybe sharing a world champion or a women's championship would have opened so many doors the show with the women's champion maybe gets featured has an additional women's segment you know you do the same thing with the tag titles you know you have a champion that resides on that show and for for raw the cruiserweight title is on there the u.s title uh, excuse me yeah the intercontinental title is on Mm -hmm. there was the u.s title last year uh so the Intercontinental title is always on Raw. So is the Cruiserweight, right? Those are always there. World Champion maybe is whoop, maybe is a SmackDown superstar. Maybe is a SmackDown wrestler. So maybe your kind of main card is more focused on 
who's going to be the next person to challenge that champion? You know? Yeah. They kind of gave us a preview of that because with Lesnar not around, we, you and I went to an extreme, went to extreme rules and we ended up seeing a really good fatal five-way match for just the number one contendership. Yeah. Which legitimized Samoa Joe in the eyes of many fans and gave him a really good launch pad for that feud where you really felt like Joe was going to make it a really interesting match. And, you know, the match itself, quality-wise, was not the best thing ever, but you felt like Joe could walk out of there with the title. I think you can... So I agree and I disagree with you. I agree that the shows should have... Should not all have the same amount of champion sans the cruiserweight. Um, I think that you can have two, you know, a world champion and a WWE champion or a WWE champion and a universal champion like it is now. I think you can have two top champions. I think that's fine because the the basic wrestler is a singles male wrestler. Mm-hmm. That's that's what's most common, I should say. But when you have when you're strapped for your other divisions like your tag teams and your women's division, I've always been for the fact that you can put one of those divisions on one show and the other on the other show. So the entire women's division could be on Raw. The entire tag division could be on SmackDown. Yeah, we did discuss that as a possibility, and I really liked that idea. Because that you, differentiates... You have, that also differentiates the two shows. Yeah, and you can test it out, and then those divisions become much more entertaining. Um, you know... You can still have your your four singles titles because, like I said, there's that many people. And right now on SmackDown, we saw two guys who clearly teased, straight up said they they were coming for AJ Styles' U.S. title that are now wrestling next week for the world title shot at SummerSlam, that being Nakamura and Cena, which is an interesting match, especially on regular free tv we'll have to talk about that momentarily and the rest of smackdown because smackdown the funny thing is smackdown live was a much better show than much better was. even even the same match i mean the nakamura baron match 10 times better yeah the than... corbin the corbin nakamura match they didn't feel like they had good chemistry it wasn't a well orchestrated match it was match. weird it, it was really felt like soft finish it hurt nakamura because nakamura's got such a reputation and it didn't help baron corbin who really doesn't need the help like baron corbin coming out on top at battleground technically he lost i did say last week that nakamura would win via disqualification i was almost 100 percent right because i said the briefcase would come into play and it didn't it, it would have been w- smart didn't he use it after the match he did yeah so he used the briefcase i or you know what i don't think he did because i i don't remember if he used the briefcase after the match or if he just hit him with a uh end of days yeah um I don't know. It's it's the I th- I feel like you might have said this last week. I don't know if it was you or something somebody else I had heard, but it isn't it unfortunate that Baron Corbin has deep six and end of days. Both of those are really good finishers. No, that wasn't me. Um, I don't. I didn't think it was. I heard it. I heard it somewhere else. But it was a really good point. Um, they're good, but they also fit him. I'm not sure who else could pull him off as as well. You know, maybe technically they could pull the move off, but would it look 
Right. You know. Well, that's a credit to him. He's yeah. he's found two very good signature moves. Uh, but does it make sense then to have Nakamura kind of go in a way? He goes over, but he goes down at Battleground and then immediately give him back that win. It's very 50-50 booking in a way. It's extremely 50-50. Oh, my. You know what? <laughs> you good? You good, fam? I, we're... We're going to have to do something about this. I'm going to have to take some do I need, speech classes. Do I need to, like, hit you in the back with a steel chair so yeah. you can, like, wake up? And yeah. Yeah, that would be helpful. Knock been you a back into shape? It's been a long day. Anyway. No unprotected headshots here. No. Uh, you know. We we're, could, not, we're not Cody and Donovan Dijak <laughs> around here. We could uh, get Man, into that's the... Man, that's now a dated reference. <laughs> there's a um, new CTE study out that's pretty crazy, which... Yeah, it's caused. It has likely caused at least one notable NFL player to retire. Yeah. So, um, but the thing is, it's extremely fifty-fifty booking, and it almost nullifies the reason to even have either of those matches in the first place. Especially since we've seen Nakamura and Corbin before. You know, like it's. It's just very frustrating to the audience, and I can't be the only one that feels unfulfilled because these matches have no meaning. And if the matches have no meaning, they're pointless. It's... Yes, there are some acrobatic feats that people do in a ring that are impressive, but that is not why people started watching wrestling. It's not why people have watched wrestling for about 100 years. So, it it's the story, it's the meaning, it's the, this guy won this match, so where does he go from here aspect to it. Has WWE gotten too reliant on titles being the, the only reason for a feud? Well, no, because even if, you ha- even if you solely focus, say you have a promotion and you only have eight guys... Okay, say that's your entire roster, eight male competitors, no tag teams, no women, no light heavyweight division, just one championship and eight guys. You can book that for a whole year focused on every one of those eight guys wanting that one championship without it ever getting stale or ever getting old. Yes, one of those guys is going to have to be 0-8. You know, um, one of those guys is going to be eight. No, that's just how it works. But you can't have everybody be four and four and people be interested. It's just never going to work. Yeah. And they become too rely or they become too scared to have anyone drop down that ladder. But when no one drops down the ladder, no one can climb up the ladder. It's a two way street. Well, and it also becomes very stagnant because as much as I enjoyed SmackDown Live, it felt like, why did I waste my time watching Battleground? Which you paid for, (laughs) you know? Yeah, I I paid for the network. Like, I'm paying for that, so why did I waste my time? If anything, it should be the exact opposite. If you have to have a bad, meaningless show, it should be on free television, which they're locked into their contract for you know tw- another couple of years 2019 or whatever so and with with an escalating uh, a tv rights fee which 
I believe the um, quarterlies are out today, which we'll probably get into next week. But it it'll be interesting. I'm sure they're doing well, but I know people are concerned. I did see their subscriber numbers. Their subscriber numbers for the network actually averaged higher. They're, they they averaged 1.63 million uh, subscribers. Higher than last year or higher than WrestleMania one point, season? One, I believe higher than the first quarter, which mm. would have been, uh, what, January through March? So that would Wouldn't have had WrestleMania. No, I... I, technically, if they went from January first to March thirty or March thirty first, it would have because WrestleMania technically falls into quarter two, which yeah. is April through June. Yeah. Uh, but and th- that could have been part of it, but that wouldn't have been enough of it to spike that average that that much unless they do they their numbers have steadily grown. We said they yeah. were about one point three million, but those were older statistics. And, you know, you still have to take into account how many free subscriptions, how many trials. Well, I mean, just because somebody's watching for free doesn't mean Vince doesn't count them. We've d- We've already discussed that with attendance figures. Correct. Uh, um, let's, uh, let's move along yes. really to get to um, essentially what happened. So Cena beat Rusev in the flag match. Natalia is your number one contender for SummerSlam against Naomi. Which came way out of left field because she feels like she has the most boring character, maybe short of Tamina, in the women's division on SmackDown right now. Um, Which is, she's a great wrestler and not always the best promo. It's certainly not good on commentary. But she is a really good in-ring competitor, but her character, I think, she has too much of a character and not enough of focus on who she is in the ring. Um, and I think that's hurting her. But now we'll see, because I think this is definitely feels like a Tier 2 women's match compared to whatever Raw is going to put together, mm-hmm. which we had confirmed that that is because uh, Raw was down the road from us in D.C. this week. Uh, Raw, their uh, number one contender for the women's match at SummerSlam is going to be Bayley, mm-hmm. which everybody assumed it was Sasha, and then Bayley won. So it'll be one more Bayley... Uh, Alexa Bliss match. Yeah, unless the, something happens really to Bailey, Bailey, you know, unless something happens to Bailey between now and SummerSlam, which is possible. I'm putting out the theory that Bailey's gonna get hit from behind a few times, and it's gonna end up being Sasha that gets the uh, that gets the rub. Could be. She ends up getting getting that opportunity, and then you play up. Well, was it Sasha? It had to have been Sasha, and that could also be something where you could either make it Sasha, which has been the prevailing theory for about a year now. Or you uh, have it as a debut for somebody else, or have another women uh, women's competitor be able to take credit for it and move themselves up the card. Because the women's division on Raw and like SmackDown features the entire women's division every week, and it's just because they keep having them in the same situation every week. Mm-hmm. So that's gotten stale. But Raw has it kind of the other direction. If you're not in the title picture, you don't matter. Lest we forget, Mickey James is on Raw. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot on news, Mickey, which is weird because they have that extra hour. And they have more, if I remember correctly, I think they have more uh, women's wrestlers on Raw. Um, yeah, you know what's really weird? If They might be. I think they're the same. They have six or seven, um, if you count Alicia Fox. Um they have, I think, the same number of, of wrestlers. But it's like they use 
if you're not in the title picture, you don't get used. What's really weird is I feel like Charlotte was like the hottest thing on when she was on Raw in terms of like superstardom. Yeah, and then and, and just dead cold now. Well, look at what what life looked like in February. Yeah. Alexa Bliss was on SmackDown as SmackDown champion. Doing great. Looked fantastic. Everything she did was gold. Charlotte, same story on Raw. They switched the brands. Bliss has some of that still. Not quite to the same degree. Charlotte, with her face change, with her uh, change to being a baby face, has really kind of lost a lot of that. Lost a lot of momentum. Both of them did. And I'm I not think... sure it was smart to, to switch brands. I mean... You kind of stopped dead in her tracks, all of her feuds and everything like that, and you really. I think haven't... Charlotte could have had some pretty good matches. She had some pretty good matches left with people who were on yeah. on Raw. You don't have to put her against Sasha every week. No, bring if you're going to do the superstar shakeup, bring some bring a female from SmackDown to Raw to feud. You know, Alexa Bliss versus Charlotte. That would be good. That would have been interesting. Although I think they saw like these are our two best right now. We can't. We have to do a straight switch if we're going to move one of them. Um, or that would have been something interesting, too. if Because Becky Lynch is where that Charlotte's run really got started as champion back at the very end of what was the Divas Championship. You could have brought Becky back and it still would have felt fresh. Yeah, You could have had it be Becky, and that's fine. You want to leave her on SmackDown. No problem. You had other competitors you could have brought over. That would have been fine. That would have been interesting matchups. You use Mickey James right, she would have been an interesting matchup. Definitely. Charlotte, who is second generation and she represents, you know, her family name, and Mickey James, who is a legend, who has come back, and it is the last generation versus the new, this current generation. Yeah, it would have been great. It'd and been great. unfortunately, Mickey James got tanked, and yeah, Charlotte got moved brands. It's just like they killed a lot of momentum, and they haven't done anything really to bring it back. I mean, Alexa, like you said, is doing better than Charlotte is um, as far as that goes, but still not that great, you know. All right, let's uh, move on. We talked a little bit about Zayn and Kanellis. Um, th- we saw a tag team match featuring Sami Zayn, Ty Dillinger, going against Aiden English and Mike Kanellis. Mike Kanellis taking the pin again. Two yeah. uh, two nights in a row. Is the power of love dead on SmackDown already? It seems like know. the rumors are Vince has soured on it. Which, you know, doesn't surprise me, but, you know, I think Maria's doing a really great job. Um, and we know... Kanellis is just kind of Mike. We know there. Mike Bennett, a.k.a. Mike Kanellis, is a good wrestler. Yeah, He's I mean, he successful. hasn't done anything major in WWE. He's wrestled standard good matches he's wrestled three matches as of the recording of this podcast episode right so i i do really want him to succeed because i know how good he is having seen him in other places if you want to give him a hot start this is not the way to do it well they've killed that hot start so now it's a matter of what do you do i think zane could have eaten the loss and it would have been fine it would have furthered his reputation that he's the kind of the the gateway yeah you come in you He's Sami Zayn. He's the Honda Civic of SmackDown. He's the first car 
that you take for a drive and you move on to bigger and better things. I wish Sami Zayn was in a better spot because obviously he's a really good wrestler and he's not a bad promo either, but it doesn't feel like WWE believes in him. Um, they know yeah. he's talented and they know the fans like him and he sells merchandise, but it's just they so don't crazy. think he's he's mid card. Like he is middle of the mid card. I mean that's you know, for the uh what 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 was the, the nickname they had him for him? The the hero of the underground or something? The ultimate no, not ultimate underdog, but something underdog. They, the underdog from the underground or yeah, something? Maybe maybe that. Something like that. He's the mid carter of the mid card right now. I mean, yeah. he's and he doesn't feel like he's going anywhere. I mean, it's this just, is a perfect time, and obviously the U.S. title would be the best direction for him to go in. But that title is wrapped up in a really interesting feud right now. Okay, well, what else do you do? He's not over enough for the 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 top title, especially going into SummerSlam. So maybe throw him in a tag team. You know, a Dillinger Zane tag team would be an interesting way to add a new tag team. Put a little blood in that division that doesn't necessarily have to go for the title right away, and it gets two really it gets two good wrestlers who both have fan bases out there every week. Yeah, I mean, I would like to see that. I mean, I think that'd be a good fit. And um, it's two guys. It's two guys who their story is not all that different. Zayn is a lot of Zayn, and they like to play this up a little bit on TV. Is that the guy who was never supposed to make it? I mean, his gimmick is that he's just bad at being a wrestler. Which is too bad, because performance-wise, he's not. But, you know, it's like, oh, he can't win. He's not good. Um, unless he's beating yeah, Mike Canellis, apparently. But you, you Ty Dillinger is to... another guy who is like, he's been told how mediocre he was. Great. Thanks for that, Tom Phillips. Did we need to know that information like that? Maybe you could call him the, you know, NXT stars or something like that. It's It's crazy that... You had Sami Zayn in NXT having five star matches, and now he's here. You know, he's still he's still able to have five star matches. But... Really, you can never tell what happens when you take somebody from NXT and put them in the main roster. It's really kind of a crapshoot as to whether or not it'll work. Well, and sometimes gimmicks are built for smaller promotions and smaller buildings and more diehard fans, and that's a lot of. NXT performers have found that to be very true, and uh, you look at guys like the Ascension. Yeah, I mean, but Joe's still doing well. Joe's doing well. So, so for like every for every Ascension, there. Well, I can't say American Alpha because that didn't work. <laughs> um, but for for every Ascension, or um, geez, I'm sh- for every Tyler Breeze who's found his way a little bit more as a tag. It, it was rough in for a, tag a while, team, but. For every one of those guys who struggles, there is a Finn Balor. There is a Kevin Owens. I now, would say Kevin Owens has been the most successful NXT. What is the difference between the first two the first two situations and the second two? First two were established by WWE. They were WWE talent that weren't really known before they went came through the system. Whereas the two other guys I just mentioned for Balor and Owens were huge in their various walks of life. Balor was a pretty big star as far as junior heavyweights go in Japan, and Kevin Steen was the was a huge face in Ring of Honor for the better part of a decade. I mean, 
these are guys who had names elsewhere. So WWE hasn't had to develop their own stars in those cases. They just had to kind of nurture them to get them in that WWE field. And it's worked great for those guys. And it doesn't always work. Cassius Ono, a.k.a. Chris Hero, is on his second run through uh, NXT. Shinsuke Nakamura, as much as I love him and as enjoyable as he is as a performer, and as big of a push as they gave him to start, he's sputtering a little bit. And now that being said, the match coming up next week is going to fix a lot of that. Next week it'll Depends be... Depends how it goes. I can't see him going over. I could. Well, here's... What does Cena do? I mean, when you look no, at... No, no, no. You're no, trying I'm to saying, sell I'm SummerSlam. saying I could see it, but it's probably going to be Cena. Just because I think, unfortunately, Nakamura versus Jinder doesn't sell. Cena versus Jinder, eh, more people are going to watch it. Cena does have, like we talked about, some weird drawing ability. Um... He, Somewhere along the line, all the myth became true. Just so we're clear, um, John Cena referenced this week. Oh, by the way, did you did you watch SmackDown Live? I saw clips. Okay, good enough. <laughs> did you at least see where the bit where the segment that Gender did with that ended up introducing John Cena towards the end? Yes, some some of it. I didn't see the whole thing, but. Jinder spoke about, basically, about how he had beaten and destroyed Randy Orton's legacy. And then I thought, what did he do to Cody and Ted? Um, <laughs> Where so, is Ted? See, Ted? Ted DiBiase Jr. retired yeah. a long time ago. Yeah. Cody is is obviously a big star for Ring of Honor, as he's their champion right now. Um, that, not Cody, no last name, please. Yeah. Um, that being said... He then starts to speak in Punjabi. In Punjabi, he obviously, as is, 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 the, is the case with most uh, languages, names don't translate. It's just whatever the name is and whatever language it's in. He didn't say Randy Orton in Punjabi. He said John Cena in Punjabi. So I'm wondering if he was saying, hey guys, the joke's on them. John Cena's about to come out. <laughs> if Maybe. somebody could go translate that, I would love it. Um, I'm sure somebody has or will. Um, but he said Cena. I was like, oh, well, that confirms what's about to happen. And I think he just made a mistake. And I think he meant to say Orton in whatever he was saying, but mistakenly said Cena because he knew he was coming. Yeah. Um, so not a great moment. That being said, it's probably... Do we think Nakamura Cena is going to be a really good match? You know, I don't know. It's obviously, in Nakamura's mind, it has to be his biggest WWE match to date, right? Um, well, yeah, as was the case with Owens when he showed up on the scene. Right, so you would think that we would see some of that old Nakamura that everyone's been hungry for, but maybe he doesn't do that anymore, or maybe the WWE doesn't want him to do that anymore as in terms of very stiff strong style wrestling um so i i am interested in seeing it i will be watching it live i don't think that nakamura goes over just as just from the mindset of wwe they want a big marquee match for their second biggest pay-per-view of the year and they want john cena in that match 
Now, do I think Cena beats Mahal? Probably not. I think they're going to use Cena to, you know, catapult Mahal even higher. Um, But I'm not sure where you go from there. If Cena wins, he's a 17-time champion. You could do that at SummerSlam. And you could do that at SummerSlam. Or you hold that off. You tease it at SummerSlam. He should have had it at SummerSlam. But one thing or another, and he's got to wait till WrestleMania when, you know, it's probably going to be Cena versus Reigns. And maybe Reigns will have the title at that point. And it'll, that, you know, it'll be even bigger. Um, you know, it's weird. I thought we were going to get the, you know, Cena Bella wedding at SummerSlam. I thought that was going to happen. No, they're saving that for Total Divas. Or for Total Bellas. You know they are. They're not going to... They. I think at this point they know... Like, you can do that on... They're trying to push that as a, Legit. As a shoot. Yeah. That is a shoot marriage. People have their doubts, but they are pushing that as a shoot marriage. They're not going to do that on pay-per-view. Yeah, I guess so. Um, but anyway. So, let's... Uh, we're running out of time. Let's uh, go around the world real quick. Well, actually, I just want to point out... Chris Jericho is back. He is. Nobody expected Chris Jericho a, back after two well months. A well-fed Chris Jericho is back. Well, be careful he if he hears you saying that. Because you know what happens if you possibly say that Chris Jericho is fat. I didn't possibly say Chris Jericho is fat. I just said he looks like possibly he's been enjoying life on the road, maybe having a few drinky winkies, and... <laughs> some some extra carbohydrates here and there and maybe he just looks well fed i i wasn't paying that much attention i just was excited that but Jericho he is was i back. mean nonetheless Although, he is a 46 year old man that can think, still fly around with aj styles so. which is impressive um and he can still have good matches with almost anybody yeah um all right so jericho's back title the u.s title hot uh, hot potatoed one more time why would you put Should it back we talk on about styles that? why would you put it back on styles it doesn't make sense to do that i don't know i mean now it's come out we know the finish was changed during the match at battleground, battleground yes you told me about that before so, they, so they changed the finish so owens would go over which is why it was so awkward when owens won awkward. and then if if the plan is just to give it back to style i mean i don't get it <laughs> I who who knows maybe there was a question about maybe Jericho wasn't you know there has been a lot of attention put on um, online betting for WWE lately so maybe that was a way to kind of jab at that and try to put the fire out on that I feel like WWE doesn't care that much I feel like they're too kind of absorbed in their own world for for that but who knows let's um let's fire through uh, raw really quick we know we're getting a fatal four-way. We mentioned it before for the uh, universal title. Triple Brock. threat next week. Triple Eight. threat next week because we got to see three quarters of that match beforehand. Mm-hmm. Because that's not a waste. Um, Samson defeats Balor with some help from Bray Wyatt. Bray Wyatt mm-hmm. and Finn Balor will be your match at SummerSlam in all likelihood. Yep. Um, Big Cass destroyed Enzo again and then proceeded. He then basically threatened he was going to break Enzo Amore's neck. 
Can we just have a quick discussion about this? It was weird. And I feel like we've seen this segment for like three weeks in a row. We have, except for now he's saying, I'm going to break his neck. Which is like, Cass, this is PG. You got to (laughs) stop. Good thing he wasn't wearing a tie to be choked with. So... (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's that's an... the Nexus throwback. It's a throwback. Um, Bailey is the number one contender for Alexa Bliss's title. Jason Jordan, in his first week, is Kurt Angle's son, defeats Kurt Hawkins. What yeah. an opportunity his dad gave him. You know, I don't... I think... So the people aren't turning on it. Like, they, they clearly don't buy the storyline that Jason Jordan is Kurt Angle's son. They're not, like, booing him out of the building. But it hasn't been the strongest reaction for two weeks in a row now. It's been now. quiet. It's, it's not off to a hot start. I told you Gable would have been the better fit. Gable would have been. I think Gable's got more charisma and could have sold it better. It's, and Jason Jordan's a heck of an in-ring performer. Perfect for SmackDown. What if the they, twist was they were both his sons from different women? Kurt Angle is... is I'm not even going to go there. Um, in a match that didn't even make the uh, didn't even make the ninety minute version. <laughs> I no no we're not gonna go there. No, as he dies laughing in the corner. Oh, never never mind. In a match that didn't even make the ninety minute Hulu uh, version, the revival beats Gallows and Anderson. Why are two heel teams facing each other? Well, Gallows and Anderson were the baby faces here. Why? Why? I don't know. I I mean, they are some good brothers, but they're not good guys. I don't know. Um, And then Ambrose and Rollins team up first time in three years. I was laughing. (laughs) I have to tell you why I was. Now you have to tell me, and this is going to go poorly. I can't keep it inside anymore. I was going to say, what if Jason Jordan and Chad Gable were both Kurt Angle's sons, illegitimate sons from different women, Mm -hmm. and it was intelligence, integrity intensity and infidelity oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's that's clever that's that's clever that's that's an unfortunate thing we have to discuss now certainly not impotence <laughs> thanks this is this has gone off the rails you know if this storyline had run 15 years earlier <laughs> they would have gone that route Except for it would, you know, it would have been something to do with Kane. Yeah, it would have had to involve Kane somehow. Somehow, um, or Triple H, one of the two. It would have had to have involved them. You know what I watched recently? I watched the tag team match main event on Raw where uh, Triple H tours Quad the first time in two thousand one. I believe so, May yeah. of two thousand one. He and was teaming with Austin at the time, if I remember that. Two man power trip. And they took on um, Jericho and Benoit, and uh, the two-man power trip was were the uh, WWE Tag Team Champions at the time. And just, like, watching the quality of match that that was, I, I suggest everyone go watch that match. It's May... 2001 Monday Night Raw you can google when he tears his quad and you get the exact date and time on the network I'm sure and just like and and, like totally different from today's style like not the acrobatic spot after spot that they do nowadays not a bunch of false finishes but like just like something about the style and and the match like just 
totally hit it out of the park. And then this week on Raw, we get, you know, Miz Taraj versus Rollins and Ambrose, which isn't a bad match, but it's like it doesn't blow you out of the water like that one did. And 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 Triple H wrestled the final minutes of that match with a torn quad. He tears his quad and then gets put in the walls of Jericho on top of the announce table. <laughs> you know, like Yeah, nobody can complain that Triple H is not tough. <laughs> like what a wow, just and even not knowing, like you can tell he's hurt, but you don't at know the, the extent. At the time you didn't know how bad it was, but even not knowing how bad it was, just crazy good match. Go watch it. I've seen like the last 10 minutes of it before. I've seen like the back half of like, it. I I realize that wrestling is has never been perfect and even in that time, you know, we had a heel stone cold which didn't really go that great. I mean, he was a good heel, but wasn't the right time type and, of thing. Well, nobody wanted to boo him. Nobody wanted to boo him. I mean, he he did get heat, but it was you know, it it wasn't right. Um, so I mean, and that if you watch the rest of that episode, you know, you have the X Factor and all those things that didn't really go that well. Go but, listen to go now. The X Factor really quick was was Albert A Train, whatever he was being called at that time. Um, I think it was Albert. I think it was. Albert, yeah. Uh, and X-Pac. And they, Just Incredible. They were X-Factor. Yeah. Go listen to their theme song. It is <laughs> the most, like, it is so strange. And if you've ever watched Botchamania, they play it on a regular basis. <laughs> it's so weird. WWE's, like, early 2000s, like, late 90s, early 2000s theme songs, when they didn't hit, they were so strange. Yeah, yeah. Um, but so yeah, wrestling's always had flaws, but they could still deliver on a Monday Night Raw. And I don't know if they did this week. SmackDown much better. You want to run that down real quick? You were saying? Uh, well, we kind of already hit the high points. That's true. Nakamura or Nakamura beat Corbin in a, in a return match. Beat him clean. Clean. Uh, Zayn and Dillinger teamed up to beat Canellis and English clean. Mm-hmm. Um, we had our triple threat. For the U.S. Championship between Jericho, Owens, and Styles, of course it was a good match. Although, like I feel like it had way too many false finishes. I feel like that could have been just as good a match without having a false finish every two minutes. And it's a little weird to have Jericho come back and take the pin, but I guess it works. But he's not going to lose heat for it. Yeah, and you know that no matter who came out of this winning, this will probably continue. Although, I do have one quick theory. With Jericho back, and he and Owens obviously still with a score to settle, Jericho versus Owens one last time at SummerSlam. We know we'd get a decent match out of him. Styles versus Nakamura, who won't have anything to do after his Cena match next week for the U.S. title? Maybe, Maybe. but it's, you know, it's weird to have the guy that loses the number one contendership match for the world title challenge for the U.S. title. I feel like It happens all the time. I know, but it's it's weird psychologically. So I feel like it literally maybe, it literally happened with Owens at WrestleMania. Maybe we have he lost his title and immediately was fighting for the U.S. title. Yeah, that's true. So, um, but that made sense in storyline, you know. It did, his best but friend was U.S. champion, and it did, and it but fell apart. I could see where you maybe you have. What one, I'm saying is, we I hope to get possibly 
Nakamura Jericho one on one. And then That would be interesting. Owens I think Nakamura's got the US or title. Jericho's got one last really good classic left in him. More than one, I'd say. But with the landscape and who he's already faced, I think Nakamura yeah. is probably the last guy he could get it out of. Um I'm just I'm just trying to figure out I by the way, I still stick with my theory that Sanity is the one who took out uh Well, they didn't deliver at Fabrice. the pay per view and they didn't Fandango. do anything on SmackDown, so no, they didn't. And now it's clearly going to run to SummerSlam, which I'm not necessarily upset about because I like the Fashion Files. I think it'll it's be. Got, the... I think it's got one more month or two left in it before it starts getting stale. It'll be better than the mystery uh, of Undertaker versus Undertaker at SummerSlam. <laughs> what are you talking about? That was Leslie Nielsen. <laughs> I know Leslie Nielsen did the promos. For that. It was such. It was a weird we'll, thing we'll, all the way around. We'll be getting to that match and not too long in our um, kind of secondary series. Every match of the Undertaker ever. Every pay per view match. Every pay per view match. Some of us have end. lives to live. You uh, listen. You <laughs> are lightweight. <laughs> okay. Yeah. We, some of those early ones are not not the easiest thing to trudge through. Yeah, they're they're a little old school. Those weren't Michaels Undertaker at 25 and 26 no but you know it's gonna get good in the attitude era eventually yeah um all right so that'll do it for us this week you sir are wrestling tomorrow yep that's right friday uh which is july 28 today whenever you listen you're probably listening to this the day of so we're not listening at all (laughs) i mean if you're if you can hear this you're probably listening or you're upstairs that's true um you live above cheap seat studios in the noisy Chinese restaurant that is above Cheap Seat Studios. Anyway, um, yes, July 28th, Denton, Maryland, Denton Fire Hall, Adrenaline Championship Wrestling brings to you Adrenaline Championship Wrestling Live. And you can see that um, if you go there and see it with your own eyes in person like you should because you should support independent wrestling I will be there. Um, many other independent superstars will be there. Uh, the ACW Championship will be on the line Vic that Ramon night. Versus Vic Ramone versus Michael, Michael Zamato. Uh, Gilberg will be there. Blackout will take on Kakoa Mana and Chris Wilde, who, if you watched Raw this past week, <laughs> was the fearless security guard that was thrown approximately thousand feet by braun Strowman. is he he's the one who was thrown out of the ring yes by the way that's going to be ballsy for him to take that bump and then come back within a week and battle for the number one contendership for those uh tag team titles yeah by the way i've never seen kakoa wrestle and i've heard great things so oh he's good yeah i've heard really good things i'm excited to see him um and uh acw is going to have at least one women's match mm-hmm. um I think uh, Sahara 7. Am I getting that right? I'm not sure of the... But yes, that's her name. But She I'm she has wrestled sure on the their shows before, be. and I think I've seen her advertised. Um, I Don't quote me on that, but they will have women's... And somebody is making their debut for ACW. Uh, a women's wrestler is making her debut for ACW. Uh, as well. So it's going it's to be, be... It's going to be a good it's show. It's going to be a really good show. If you need tickets, you can get them at the show or you can message me on facebook which you'll hear the plugs later on yes. right and um 
do that. Find me on social media or go to the show. Let them know that you came because of Lee Brando, and that sounded weird. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't have even thought about it if you hadn't done that. Let them but... know that Lee Brando sent you. And, um, yeah, enjoy the show. It's going to be a great show. Tickets at $10, and you get really good, you can get really good seating. There's at no $10. bad seats. There's no bad seats. That's the joy of independent wrestling. You can see everything from everywhere. Yep. Um, and also, good folks. I've, I've been to a couple of ACW shows. They're good people. Um, so uh, definitely check that out. Tickets start at $10. Um, and uh, doors open at 7. First match. Uh, bell rings at 7.30. Mm-hmm. And uh, should be should be a good, good show. Should be fun. I'm excited should to see good. the deadliest catch himself in action. It's been too long. It's been it's been a little while, um, you know. I've I've gotten in better shape. I'm not quite where I need to be, but in better shape and and on the way to uh, to really great shape. So hopefully that'll uh, prove to be successful for me in whatever match I find myself in. And uh, we will find out. ACW has not always been kind to you, and I'm not ACW itself. I really just mean Teddy Long. Uh, who has, that who has made appearances for ECW. <laughs> isn't there. I hope that little stick his nose in everyone's business, make tag team matches when he shouldn't, isn't there. Because I'll tell you something. If I see him, I'm going to embarrass him more than The Undertaker, more than Vicky Guerrero, more than Edge, more than anybody ever embarrassed him in his entire career. Buckle up, Teddy. All right, that'll do it for this week. We uh, Stay tuned for the plugs. Uh, reach out to us for tickets. Uh, Lee Brando specifically for tickets. I can't help you get tickets. But um, follow us online. Stay tuned for the plugs. We'll see you next week. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash barricade show. Follow us on Twitter at barricade show. You can listen to the show each and every week at soundcloud.com slash barricade show or search for Over the Barricade Podcast on iTunes and Google Play. Follow Lee Brando on Snapchat, Twitter, and Instagram, at Lee Brando underscore, and send him a friend request on Facebook. Just search for Lee Brando. And don't forget, you can send us an email, overthebarricadepodcast at gmail.com. Send in your suggestions, and we'll see you next week.